Welcome back to Black Girl Couch Reviews. I'm your host, Christina. We're back to discuss the Wheel of Time, Strangers, and Friends, written by Katherine B. McKenna, directed by Thomas Knapper. I thought this was a really good episode. We got some progression. We got a new character. We know what Rand's been up to. And my attraction to Ishmael grows as the episodes pass. Considering he's on the other side of things that I should be rooting for, that could be a problem. Before we jump into the recap and review, wherever you listen to this podcast, Podbean, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever good podcasts can be found, go down to the rating section, drop some stars, leave a review. My social media will be there as well. Like, subscribe, share. If you want to send feedback, blackercouch at gmail.com, or you can leave a comment below. We spoke of the man and he appeared. I very much miss the red hair. I'm sure Mimi has uh, a lot more feelings on the on the matter. My affections have been stolen by other characters. <laughs> I find my lady parts perking up even more so. Even I mean Rand's not bad. Don't get me don't get me wrong. He's a handsome fella. Celine thinks so too, which is why she's allowing sex to be payment for rent because she's his landlady and he works at the same asylum he himself could end up at one day. This, this, this is not okay. I don't really need to know where he is. I just know it's somewhere. Lon and Moraine both look like they lost the battle and the war, but Lon definitely feels as if he took it the worst. There is a continued fraught silence between them. He is feeling useless and she is making it clear he is. Why are you bullying me? You fucking bitch, why are you bullying me? Of course, this could be Moraine just not wanting to lose him in her pursuit. It's also a weakness because I feel like she has been trying to get him to come to this conclusion on his own but she had to break him in order for that to happen because she has a different destiny and you shouldn't be tethered to that destiny especially seen as this is one I always as she points out later intended to walk alone you need to find your own purpose and stop being dependent on what we once shared and that bond that we have that may be even influencing your emotions more so than they would be. Although to be fair to Lon, Is it Adelos or Adelaise? And Taman is going to accompany them to the White Tower despite Moraine being banished from showing up there. Uno talking ish about Elias's tracking skills because that's the only part of conversation he has to, to, to bring. 
to said conversation when the man is right there. Despite him proving his skills are superior, he has to get the back talk. He finds where Fane's people have crossed. Despite saying something doesn't feel right, Ingtar decides, let's investigate anyway. They walk into a town that looks abandoned. Perrin believes he sees a woman in a home, but when they enter the residence, all they see is the maggoted bodies left behind. I thought it was a really cool visual showing Perrin's vision mode and how the how the family was attacked by the fades something Elias tells him would be useful to distinguish between and that and that of reality Perrin accuses him of doing something to him boy if you don't get boy look at your eyes and look at him y'all two got the same damn daddy the thing is or he is your daddy (laughs) I shouldn't make that assumption (laughs) but it's what we're going with right now Uh, they see that Fane and his people left in a hurry of course Uno thinks us because they felt us coming no no they feared something else something more powerful than you guys which uh, is what happened to that Fade that's now pinned to a wall Back wherever Rand is, he retrieves Errol, a man suffering some form of dementia, for a walk to hear the same story is always being told. And he calls himself a blade master. I have a feeling this is going to tie into something. I don't know what, but learning how to fight is always a thing. A douchebag co-worker named Yana, and if you have that name, I don't think you should be talking shit startles arrow for his own amusement considering Rand beneath him as he works in the gardens but Rand builds the man's esteem back up and has a look at yana i didn't think was going to end the way it ended up being i'm gonna murder you i'm gonna come into your house one night while you're asleep i'm gonna cut your throat this isn't a joke you're gonna die Egwene finds out Nynaeve has been taken by Leandrin when she comes in to do her chores for the day. Who takes her to a healing hospital where medicine and magic are used to heal those in need like this child suffering breakbone fever. Is that the same little girl from episode one? It's probably not. But I thought I would put that out there because I cannot honestly remember what she looked like. <laughs> Other than she was a little white girl. <laughs> Nynaeve held her hand. Leandrin is showing her the good of the Aes Sedai. While also pocketing medicine for herself. Once accepted you get to choose which Aja. Or what purpose you want to have. Which is color coordinated. Browns are all about history in the great library. Grays, they do diplomacy and statemanship. Yellows teach healing. And reds stop the disease from taking root, although Nynaeve doesn't consider men as a disease. Leandrin is recruiting hard to get her a part of the reds when she's so very clearly a yellow. I wonder where... I think that Egwene's gonna be somewhere in the gray 
Because she's definitely not a healer in the way that Nynaeve is. Like she walked in that room and she had like a soul experience watching that one girl be healed. Leandrin says that she has to go. She buys some sweet cakes. And she says, if they ask you if you're ready for the arches, say yes, then I can teach you. It's here we learn that using the the weaves, using the one power has the capacity to slow down the aging process, which is always a great thing. She also points out that they're both from a small town and like, you know, the only thing that truly separates us is an idea because we all still want the same thing, which is to save people from from horrific fates. Uh, she goes to go see Matt and she's happy for some reason. And this is his reward. I reject this version of Matt so hard. Y'all might as well not have recast him. I don't know who and what he's supposed to be in the book which is why he's still around because I could have done without it. Just throwing that out there into the universe. Egwene meets Elaine, a very snobbish and spoiled daughter heir. They actually call her daughter heir, which would get on my nerves at some point. Like I have a name. It is not daughter heir to the throne of Andor who thinks they're going to be great novice friends like the, classic ones that she's read about because there's apparently a whole library of great friendships when it comes to novices except you just called her your subject and her room rubbish i have an issue with elaine's introduction because they very quickly subverted it right that she's a much kinder person than someone who would be looking in someone else's room saying it's rubbish, sitting on their bed, asking questions, being invasive. There were a few things that did not line up with what that introduction was about. I think it could have uh, meshed up well and not even put it out there. Yeah, she's royalty, but I think it could have been a different manner to introduce that. Maybe by how she's introduced her, the meekness of other people around her. I don't know. To show her as vain in any capacity. And then it's not even her vanity. It's her mother's. I just thought it was a little, I don't know, odd. Maybe I'm the only person that thinks that way. And no one agrees with me. So there is that. It's just my personal <laughs> disconnect. The Mistress of Novices, which I'm just going to throw that out there and say there's a lot of plotting and intriguing going on in this castle. And I've been here two days because I already know that this woman talking about, oh, some things are just between our sisters. That tells me. And she said that Leandrin has her little cabal. Is that what she said? Cabal? put together that means there are alliances and intrigue here and i wish they would go a little bit harder on that and maybe they will later on in the season but she goes to see her alana about the decision that's already been made about naive going through the arches since as she herself alana pointed out the pattern is giving them weapons to fight against the stronger men rising like logain 
Mazrin, and Taim. So it's best we accelerate her training, right? Right? And you're not going to be here to even put in your two cents beyond this room. The decision is settled. And it is a little unsettling that everyone wants to take advantage of Nynaeve's power, which is why she's probably so reluctant to engage. Nynaeve goes to see Leandrin, but because she was acting so sus, she realizes that she needs to follow her. I like the illusionary path, or you thought it was a, uh, you know, a dead end but instead it led to a passageway which leads into the market where she continues to follow Leandrin back with our shenarians in Ingtar every time I want to call him something else and his group they're making camp in another town by the river Perrin prepares for his first taste of lionfish and it did not look appetizing to me Elias won't join because he prefers to be in the wild like the animal he keeps telling Perrin he is and that the Shenarians are not his pack. Camp somewhere, Varen confronts Moraine on why the Dark One has his eyes set upon her, figuring it out that she found the dragon reborn and that she intends to serve him. Moraine asks who else knows, fingers clutched on the dagger, Varen reveals she's just testing to see how far she intends to protect Ran and that she actually agrees with her idea of serving him to guide him because her sisters, their fellow sisters, are trying to avoid the truth that after all these years, the world is still broken and something needs to make it whole again and it wasn't what they thought it was. So clipping the dragon reborn these methods are not working. Maybe we need to help him guide and defeat the Dark One. Varen tells her they are going to have to trust each other because I don't know what oath I could possibly give you that's going to be honest and truthful. Remember, Aes Sedai are supposed to always be honest. She intends to go to the tower to find books, Varen that is, on sky battles and flaming swords. And it would be very nice if she would uh, come back to the fire and stop being so standoffish like you ain't got somebody that you should have dealt with a while ago but because you really do love him as a person you keep letting him trail behind you ran amongst the revelry in the town that he's at finds the one running his mouth yana and ends his life using the power you shouldn't have been talking shit of course, he feels upset that he just murdered someone because that was not his intention. When he gets back to his room, Celine is there seemingly fully understanding what's going on, offering ooh, that they be alone together by having sex with each other. I don't know who she is, but I have a feeling she's a dark friend because no, no one will be that turned on by an emotionally... um. <laughs> an emotionally conflicted slightly evil aura type of dude that rand is portraying right now if he were not a dark friend groupie 
Elaine has Egwene give her a tour in the guise of friendship or getting to know her when Shireem, in my humble opinion, rightfully chastises her for bringing an extra maid with her excessive toiletries like you will be treated the same as everyone else here and that you even thought otherwise shows that you were not thinking clearly. At least your mama wasn't. Elaine shows her character by taking the punishment in place of the maid for the next three months, which is, in fact, a switch. Egwene is told to have Nynaeve sent to her when she returns, like she's her damn. <laughs> like, hold on. I do not work for her. I'm not her secretary. I'm not passing on messages. It's nighttime. Why is Nynaeve still chasing Leandrin? This town is huge. I will give you that. But it's one of two scenes that transition very quickly from night to day. She finds her. And I guess this is an open room. But sure, a man is in there in a lot of pain in a bed. Nynaeve did indeed see her take the crimson or whatever that was called. And thought that she may be trying to kill someone who could channel a male. So she followed to stop her. But the violent response she got definitely cleared up any speculation on my part that she was leading Nynaeve to follow her. And Nynaeve offers to use another method that will help ease the person who's suffering pain. But for that advice, she gets slapped. Hey, bro. What? Oh, my God. Fabia. She, of course, is lashing out at the idea that she thought she was alleviating what we discover is her son's agony, only to learn that she's been leaving him in the same state of agony and apologizes. But he touches her hand to say, it's all right. I know you're trying your best. You are not a healer. And apparently you didn't think to ask any questions of a healer. Back at our campsite, Adelaide's feels jealous of her such of her sister catching tomas and i am a little weirded out by how open she is about this and she tries to thaw the winter breeze between moraine and lon by bringing up how they first met meanwhile matt meets men and i am a little over these <laughs> synchronetic type of names they share wine having chiseled between their cells to be able to walk between them or get into one or the others. Like this shit shouldn't be obvious. Min sees the future and in that future, Matt stabs Rand. Not surprised at all. Celine is clearly evil and seducing Rand. That's all we needed to know from that very brief dark scene we got between them. Nynaeve goes to see Egwene, but ends up eavesdropping on Egwene's conversation with Elaine when she complains. Because first, Elaine's like, oh, you know Nynaeve, you her best friend, you got the tea. But she rolled her eyes and complained about the fact that she studies and falls behind while she seems to do nothing and gets ahead. And when she needs her, she's not there for her even though she came to this place that she never wanted to come to in the first place because you wanted to come here and she felt the need to protect you like she vowed to do 
all that time ago when they attacked your village. I'm glad Elaine at least called her out on being jealous, saying it's not a good look on you. Because you're not thinking about how it is to be on the other side of that. To have people like Leandrin and the mistress of novices and whoever else all trying to get a piece of you for something you barely understand and you're terrified of. So sure, sure. I'm not saying Egwene naturally can't feel some type of way. I think what she's feeling is natural, but for her to keep lingering on it is the is where the issue is because you're not thinking about how your friend, if that is indeed your best friend, is feeling as well. Leandrin, still angry, retrieves Nynaeve, saying she can't take back what she set in motion, but she would if she could, all because she knows her secret. Through the arches, she must face what she fears. And it's not really a secret. I mean, it's a secret, but you don't know what the secret is about. You're taking care of some man that's old. Okay. Why are you mad at me about that? Why does Nynaeve look like she's walking on eggshells every time she walks around the tower? She very much has a, a stiff, like if you touch her, she thinks she's made of glass or something. Oh, snap. Salon, poor thing, really didn't know anything about what happened last season. I just assumed. Moraine finally acknowledges that the seal let the Dark One's strongest lieutenant. She says it just like, uh, like British people say it. Lieutenant Ishmael, the Forsaken, free. She fucked up. I thought I was doing one thing. I ended up doing the other. He took my powers like it was nothing because the Forsaken are 3,000 years old and the strongest channelers to ever live. And he's probably waking up his friends as we speak. So there's a war. It's on and we're losing terribly. And it's my fault. They are messing with power that make what they do in the tower, she says, look like parlor tricks. Also, Rand is alive. (laughs) (laughs) he was getting backhanded with the truce and since you can't protect me anymore varen will escort you to the tower so she can remove this very uh this very uh uh, annoying bond that we got i don't want him to become nynaeve's warder i don't even know if i still support nynaeve and him together i know shocking i still I, i i just i can't I'm trying to recall their romance in the first season. And when I do, I'm lukewarm. She tells him they were never equals and off she goes. <laughs> but that's a truth that could be twisted up, even though she might actually just be telling the truth in that moment. But playing devil's advocate just because of my boy. Um, he says, I was always with you on this journey because I always thought we were taking the path together, that we were equals. And it could be that you're better than her because she clearly fucked up and you did not. She led you into the darkness, my bruh. Uh, but he, of course, rightfully is, uh, little in his feelings. Pan wakes up to being dragged from his bed. And I'm glad we got a little bit of action in this episode because it was feeling a little 
not meh, because the things that were happening were good and interesting. But this kind of woke me up a little bit because that fight was awesome. Massima, where have you been all my life? Baby. Was he in the cast last year? I don't feel like I saw those abs. Definitely didn't see those biceps in the cast last year. The Shenarians handled business, though. They didn't come to play. Unfortunately, some different looking eyes to die that we saw at the end of last season show up and they are not friendly, even to the townspeople. And they have this huge ass litter where this woman wearing a golden like shroud asks Ishmael, are they ready? And he says, well, they'll have to be. The episode ends with Ran. He's been promoted to Jan's position. Did I call him Yana? Don't matter. Ran has his position so he can now interact outside in the garden with their more distinguished guests, which is or was his uh, goal all along when creeping around the corner is our uh, would-be dragon, Loghain. Hello, is it me you're looking for? Last we saw of Loghain, he thought he was the dragon reborn until Nynaeve showed her power and then he thought she was the dragon reborn. And now he is literally being approached by the dragon reborn. So he must feel as if someone's really fucking with his life. But I guess this is the only person he can go to that he feels can help him out in learning how to probably channel because he doesn't seem like he got his stuff in control and he's hearing nothing but whispering. And he's supposed to be turning mad if he uses the power. So... That's intriguing. I bet you Perrin wish he slept in the woods with Elias. Then he wouldn't have been attacked in this manner, even though it felt very much that they were after them and not for the express purpose of, especially Perrin. I have a feeling that Ishmael is going to want to utilize all of the forces that could possibly stop him and kind of keep your friends close but your enemies closer because if he can forge a a narrative where all of his friends are somehow caught up on the dark side of things then that is going to take down a lot of the uh resistance to joining the dark side What's this, uh, what's this arch is going to be like facing your fears? I feel as if Nynaeve's fears are, are ones we've really kind of already massaged. So hopefully they give us something new because it is getting just a touch one note, just a touch. And I do like all of these characters very much so, but I do kind of want them to grow more. Of course, I want them to grow more. And what else did I want to mention in this episode? I think that is about it. Because that one lady, wasn't she in the, around the, 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 the circle <laughs> um, in the first episode? 
because uh, I recognize those nails. I think that's we haven't seen um the Amerlin. I'm surprised we haven't seen her yet. But of course, Sophia Caneda is a pretty big actress, so I can see them not having her. And I think she was only in like one or two episodes last season anyway. I do wonder what Leandrin's endgame is. She had a boyfriend. Now she has a son, but she claims to hate men who channel. So also know just a couple of things that I know are canon in the book. It's very, very like useless information, <laughs> but I don't want to spoil it. So I'll just wait until after the feedback just because I just want to make a commentary on it. And it probably is in feedback because um, Mimi has read the book. So she's going to have a lot more of a handle on what is unfolding than I do. Which I think is the perfect segue to hop into the mailbag. What up, Stina? It's Mimi. This is my feedback for The Will of Time, Season 2, Episode 1. Um, this episode was pretty good. I um, enjoyed the, um, I guess, the direction it's going in. Um, I will say, though, it seems as though maybe they're combining books together. Because um, I'll talk about it when I go through. I actually wrote notes down. I've, I've decided that maybe I want to write it down. Um, and just keep it just because I want to read the books. I want to see, you know, what's going on in the books versus the, the actual TV show. And, you know, my memory is trash. Usually I'll, um, just give feedback based off, you know, what I've seen and not write anything down. I used to little, take little notes on my, um, phone and just, you know, little bullet points, but I think I'm going to write stuff out just try it out for you know a couple episodes and see how it goes um but the first thing i want to do um i guess i want to talk about because i i we didn't get to see ran very much last episode um i think we, we only saw him at the end with the lanterns but he was uh pretty um central in this episode um i'm probably just gonna stick to like ran um Perrin and um Nanaeve and uh, Egwene because honestly I don't know I I feel like I might be in the minority it seems like she has a very big fan base but Moraine's storyline is getting on my nerve I don't know what we're supposed to be taking from her and her um treatment of Lan um I don't know if it's one of those things like like you gotta push him away to protect him type thing which is what it it feels like it kind of is but it's kind of stupid because it seems like her pushing him away is just putting him both in danger. So, um, I, I'm not sure. Maybe if she tell him the truth, maybe he would be more open to, you know, giving her space. I don't know, but I don't know. The storyline is kind of getting on my nerve. I don't know if I'm going to enjoy it later, but right now it's one of my least favorites, even though I do like Lan as a character. Um, but, um, the, I want to just say that the book version of land and the land that we have are completely different. Um, I'm not sure why they're going in this direction with the character. Um, but even off jump, the relationship, uh, 
that he has with Egwene. Maybe they're just trying to make it more mature. I'm not sure, but this, I don't know. Um, he's still fine, but I don't know how I feel about him. I, I think it's kind of ridiculous that they have this man, um, digging a woman down for room and board. Like, I don't know why, but that just seems real trashy. It's not cute to me, and I don't like them putting him like this. I don't know. I, I'm not enjoying it. Um, I love the shirtless scenes. He's fine, the actor. And I ain't mad at that, but the character himself ran, even as I read the book. Um, you know, I did read the book after I watched the show, so I, I might have some bias twist in there. But I do like Rand um, in the book. He's very sweet, um, caring. I mean, and you know, he's all those things now, but he's just coming off as a gigolo. And I don't know. I don't. I think that's so trashy. And then on top of everything, the girl is like. Oh, you don't talk to me. Um, you don't ever tell me what you're thinking. What are those nightmares about? Like, first of all, you have to know that this relationship is transactional. Um, ain't nobody that stupid. I cannot stand when women like date a man that's homeless and give him, she gives him her house. He don't have to do anything. She just work and then be so surprised when he cheats on her. Of course, that man love you. You got a house and he don't. It's, it's fake. Like, come on now. The man is telling you everything he wants to hear because he needs somewhere to live. And in this situation, it doesn't look like Rand is saying anything, but he's giving you a service and you're giving him uh, a place to stay. It's not a relationship. He's not talking to you because just because a man has sex with you doesn't mean he likes you. And I don't think so. Actually, I should. I take that back. Just because a person has sex with you doesn't mean that they like you. And I feel that way about some women, too. Um, sex does not equal a relationship. Y'all having sex, you're smashing. That's the the beginning and end of everything that you guys are. And I don't know the whole like bed scene when she was like, I'm sleeping with you to remember someone, and he's like, I want to forget. And she was like, Oh, we can do that. That was just so. I don't know. I didn't enjoy it. It wasn't cute. It was ick. I didn't like it. I don't like what they're doing to Rand. Um. The dark side of him, though, like when him attacking dude was very, you know, peculiar. And I, it seems like at the end, maybe he did it on purpose because Logan, Logan, no, Logan, Logan was the person that's famous, quotes, in the, you know, in the yard. Um, and it looks like maybe that place he's at is like a, like a madhouse for, I don't know, like maybe I to die and then um I don't I forget what the male version of men with like um powers I call I forget what the name is but it looks like people that went mad from you know the power are in this place um and I can't help but think that Rand put himself in this position on purpose <laughs> he has to be there for a reason which means I feel like he had to beat up old dude for a reason his interaction with the the guy who clearly used to be some type of professional knight or whatever the hell these people are. I don't remember what they call him, but he is a fighter. You know, he's clearly got some mental health issues, some PTSD. Um, I really enjoyed Rand's interaction with him. And that reminds me of the book version of Rand, who's very sweet and very caring. But then for him to go around and, like, 
he didn't kill the guy, but I don't know if he was trying to hurt him that bad. I, it's clear that he still doesn't know how to control his powers, and he's going to be fighting it so much, clearly, that he's not ever going to control it. So the whole situation is just very, very peculiar. I don't know what they're trying to do to him, but um, I hope we get um, a reunion of sorts, because at some point they got to find out that um, they're not... That, that Rand isn't dead. Um, I, oh, I really like the scenes with um, Perrin, like the special effects with his like eyes and all that stuff. I like what they're doing with his character. He hasn't quite wolfed out yet, but it's getting there. It's kind of cool. Um, I like what's happening with Matt. Um, I don't know why, but I thought they were going to do like a thing where like somehow, um, what is her name? Uh, Leandra like made it him look different so people didn't know it was Matt but I think we're just gonna pretend like it is Matt and he he don't look different I like how um he met men and now she like we know I remember her from last season she was she's able to see future events so it's gonna be interesting to see what happens with that um what's the other thing um oh uh, Nanave and Egwene, their interaction, like, we all can see that, that Nanave is a better sorceress, whatever, Aes Sedai or whatever, than Egwene. And we can all see that Egwene is jealous. Um, it usually works out like that. Some people are just naturally more talented than you, even though you work harder. Um, it sucks. Not saying that it doesn't, but you being butthurt about it isn't going to change anything. And then the thing I didn't like is how you talking shit about your best friend quotes to some girl you literally just met who you know i i know she's supposed to come across as oh, i want a best friend let's talk and everything but she is still a spoiled princess i don't care if she took the punishment for that house the 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 housekeeper or the maid or whatever she is you clearly so oblivious you can't read a damn room it's actually pretty embarrassing um speaking of which her name is um elaine and in the that's the character i was talking about at the beginning that she had interactions with um ran and not the other characters i'm pretty sure it's the same person um don't quote me on this but i'm almost positive because she was somewhat of a princess too in the um and or princess i'm like it sounds like that she had red hair so i'm pretty sure that's the same girl um i like i said that's why i think they're combining books because she was talking about you know, going to see the Aes Sedai or something like that, but she hadn't done it in season one, or in book one, so they must be just combining storylines. Um, and, uh, uh, Leandra in her, my beautiful, or my boy, my beautiful boy, was that her son? Is that what we're supposed to see? I know that they don't age, but, um, are you not allowed to have children if you're an Aes Sedai? I don't know. But I, I'm just curious why she's hiding it. Is she hiding the child because she's an Aes Sedai? Or is she hiding it because she's a red Aes Sedai? I'm not sure. But her, like, slapping Nynaeve for, you know, help, trying to help her, I don't know. I expected Nynaeve to react differently. I don't know. Her running off and crying doesn't remind, doesn't seem like the bad bitch we met in season one. I don't know. But, you know, this this doesn't seem like her at all anyway. So maybe that's this is who she's supposed to be. I guess we'll see. 
Um, I think that's all I have to say. Um, I want to go ahead and watch episode three, so I'm going to send this off. If I forgot anything, I'll just add it in my next feedback. So until next time, love, peace, hair grease, and black girl magic. Queen of the couch, Mimi out. Thank you, Mimi, for your tea and feedback on the episode. I will say Lon is probably one of the few characters in this show and there's there's a couple that I could care less about I think the only other person that equates him at this moment is Matt and it's not has nothing to do with the actor and everything to do with the lack of and I think that's why they had to go through this whole thing to get him on the path that he needs to be. So I wasn't as annoyed by it, by the their back and forth, because it's a necessary thing based on the amount of time they've been together, the magical bond that pulls them to each other, and the genuine affection and love that is between them. Um, that is why she needs to be alone but wants to take him with her but knows that he himself is not prepared for what exactly they have facing forward and she's also taking a side that could very much pit him or pit his loyalties against her even though he was very much willing to follow in the wake even after all of her betrayal so I think she knows exactly the type of man that he is and she needed to break him and I get what you're saying to a point of oh that's so stereotypical why can't they just have a con-? I mean I'm being nice and I'm trying to move away from you and everyone's telling you it's not about you right now and you are not the one that's taking the memo like there it's not just about Moraine treating him it's about him being allowed to be treated that way dude fucking grab your balls and be like either you want me here you don't if you don't want me here then I there's somewhere else I gotta be okay figure your shit out (laughs) but because he's been a lap dog for so long he needs to be kicked out of the damn house which is sad to see but apparently that's the only memo he was gonna take um and this is what I mean by the book part, because I know him and Nynaeve are in game and they're going to get married and whatever. And he's supposed to be like, because he has a whole other story he was talking about in season one. So I think that's what they're going to do with his character. And I have not read the books. I only know this small little like it's small things like relationship crap. But now that that has been brought up and you brought up Elaine, that was weird to me too. Cause I was like, ain't Elaine and Rand supposed to be together? Like that's one of his three loves of his life. Elaine, someone else and someone else. And neither of them are Egwene. <laughs> that's so mean. I didn't need to be mean for no reason, but that just goes to show that that relationship was what I thought it was that of two people that if they were allowed to stay in a village together would have worked out just fine. But now that their lives are irrevocably changed, they simply don't, they don't work outside of the fairy tale that they grew up in living in that little town that they village that they grew up in. I didn't consider Ran a gigolo. Oh, 
going back to my previous thoughts. So yeah, I don't want them to get married. I know that's probably really, 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 really unpopular because I too love the idea of a melanin power couple together, like all the way, all the way. Okay. So I'm, I'm disappointed that I am not more shippery for this couple, but I just don't see it between them. And Nynaeve still needs a lot of work on herself. And so does Lon. But again, that could be their journey, their growth. Hopefully we get there because I do think that some of it is we we got it already. I got it at least. Ran the gigolo. I didn't really take it that way. I didn't even find myself disgusted at the actions that were unfolding. I mean, if she wants to put it out there as an option for rent payment and he's like, why not? Why should he be chastised or it could be considered an ugly trait in my book? (laughs) It's an exchange of goods. As far as her being all up and like the way she even like freaking kissed his hands. She's a dark friend. She has to be a dark friend because only... People that act like her can allow people that's acting like Rand to be in their lives because any other person be like, wait, hold on. What the fuck you got going on? (laughs) And then if you are going to tell someone to go away, do it strongly. Don't be like, oh, it's not a good time. That was not a conversation of get out of my face. I don't want you to be here because you just a sex friend. And no, I need some comfort and consolation. And despite what my words are saying, you're exactly what I want. (laughs) But I do know how it feels to have that dissonance between a book character and the character that's portrayed on screen. And yes, that that could be man. That's why sometimes I don't like reading books after I start getting introduced to the show characters because of the fact that then I'm going to, I might like the book version better or I might like the show version better. And let's just face facts. Nine times out of 10, you like the book better version. So with foundation, they just, they're, they're, that's one book that needed characterization so much. But yeah, I don't know what Rand is supposed to be like. So this doesn't feel odd or off to me at all. I don't think it was his plan to kill that man. I think it was his plan to whoop his ass and get him to quit maybe. But he had a lot of reasonable anger that he kept repressed. So when he finally did get his chance to have a confrontation, things just got ugly real quick. He was twitching all the way into death. So, um, yeah, I'm curious to see what Rand's up to. I do believe that he went there with intention. And because we don't know if he's been communicating with Moraine or not, and she's clearly made it her mission to serve the dragon reborn. It could be that everything she's been doing thus far has been to, has been to help him. So I'll give it some time to uh, see how this story plays out. Yes, I agree with you completely. Nynaeve getting slapped in the face and then running to cry to her friend was disappointing. (laughs) 
from every black woman ever to every <laughs> white woman who would dare try it. Nah, 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 nah. I needed her to be like, uh, uh, especially when she opened the door and then she was call herself being mad at Egwene. You can't talk to me right now because I have nothing to say to you, even though she don't even know that you mad at her. So what you doing talking to her like she know what she did through a door? But the minute I would have opened that door and it's the bitch that slapped me 20 minutes ago, maybe at first I was shocked. Maybe at first I was like, oh, she, she a badass red Raja, Aja, you know, I said, I, but when I would have opened that door, I was like, oh, bitch, <laughs> oh, bitch, oh, bitch, oh, bitch, oh, bitch. I have recovered from my shock and I think we need to start over that conversation that we was we was previously having. But yeah, I do want a little bit more from my protagonist right now. And I felt like only Egwene, or not Egwene, only Ran and Moran and even Vern, Vernie, whatever her name is, all of them seem to be playing on the adult play field and everyone else still is in, in, in the kitty league. They're still playing little football. And I don't like that because in your second season, you do expect your characters, especially if they've been told. I'm glad you pointed out men was in the first season because she looked familiar. I just didn't remember she was in the first season. Ain't she too someone who sleeps with Matt, who's one of his loves of his life? It's so weird because those characters at all don't seem like that's something they should do with the show. <laughs> so whatever they're remixing, uh, it seems like it's probably a little bit as far as um, <laughs> PG what ran. I mean, it sounded like in the book, at least just from that five seconds, is that he's a little bit of a whore. <laughs> so... <laughs> maybe that's uh my expectation of him all the time just from that bit of information not saying you can't have three loves of your life you can have three loves of your life it's just uh you know some of us don't even get one but i'm sure you'll have more information for us next week if you want to send feedback like our couch at gmail.com or you can leave a comment below my social media will be there as well like, share, subscribe. Until next time, peace, hair grease, and blacker magic. Yeah.